Hey, welcome back, folks. Um, today we are going to be talking about the art of comforting patients. Not not getting into clinical care, but but really more about the the art of comforting patients. Um, you know, I, I sense a frustration in the field of healthcare amongst caregivers who got into the field because, not ironically, uh, they wanted to do a great job taking care of people. Um, I, it, it feels like the frustration comes. Um, from as, as we become so busy uh, and there's so much that we end up having to do in our jobs that you just don't have enough time to really adequately take care of the, the vulnerable folks that you originally signed up to take care for. Um, it, it really even seems that with, you know, even with all the advances in technology that, that we're supposed to free up more of our time, uh, we just seem to get busier and busier. Uh, so I'm, I'm here today with Clay Christensen, and we wanted to talk about how we can, as her- caregivers, really confront the brutal facts of our lack of time uh, to do all the things that we want to do, and yet, you know, really still provide a great patient care that surpasses the expectations of the, you know, folks that, that we're entrusted to take care of. Yeah, well, thank you. It's uh, it's good to be here. I I, um, I I think we need to remember that uh, so many of us are on a mission to dignify long-term care in the eyes of the world. It's, a, it's an industry that, that doesn't have the dignity that it should. It, it has uh, poor reputations in, in too many places. And I think a lot of us as caregivers, a lot of you as caregivers, when you, when you get into this field, you feel like, I've, I've got the heart, I've got the desire, I, I want to do this, and I think I can be really good at it. But then the busyness of your jobs gets in the way. Your intentions are so good, but honestly, if this were easy to accomplish, everybody would be doing it, yeah. and and few are. It's it's not easy, but I've just come to realize there are some simple things we can learn that will help us get closer to to accomplishing this mission of dignifying long term care. That's great. Start me off with uh, some of the ideas that that you're thinking of and have come across. Okay, great. So. Much of this rides on things like uh, empathy and and how we communicate with the patients we work with. Remember, and a lot of people have heard me say this a lot, in in general, in our business, our customer doesn't want to be our customer. They they would rather be home. They would rather be healthy. They they would rather be doing the things they've always been able to do. But now they're in a situation that's that's tougher for them. Uh, They'd rather be living life on their terms, and they're not right now. Now, add to that the fact that they might be uncomfortable or experiencing a lot of pain. Now, more than ever in this situation, they need to be reassured. They need to feel reassured in their situation. And we as caregivers can help them simply by the language that we use with them, how we talk to them. I I listened recently to a speaker. His name is Marcus Engel. Marcus talked about a tragic accident that he was in uh, many years ago, over 20 years ago, and he was hit by a drunk driver when he had just graduated from uh, high school, had just started college. Uh, they hadn't been drinking or anything. They, he was out with some friends, and, and somebody blew through a, a stoplight, and uh, it changed his life forever. He immediately went blind. He was had a lot of reconstructive surgery, but he remembers the trauma that he experienced those first few hours and those first few days in the emergency room. But one of the things that stuck out in his mind from that whole night, that first night, was a patient care tech throughout the whole thing 
that would come and hold his hand and simply say what he thought were the two most comforting words he could have heard. And it's also the title of his book. She said, I'm here. Marcus, I'm here. He was scared. As so many of our patients, our residents are, and and while you can share your title and your credentials and and all of your qualifications of, of helping them, in reality, that statement, I'm here, was so important. It's so important for them to know. Um, but that that when we when we use certain phrases, um, and we think about those phrases, let me let me give you a couple more uh, on these phrases. For example, I think our 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 patients and our residents know you know, how busy we get. Imagine what it would be like, almost shocking for you to pop into their room and say, hey, is there anything that you need? I have time to help you. What? You do? <laughs> I think they're so used to be us being so incredibly busy. I have time to help you. What can I do? They're already so uncomfortable and concerned. So to hear from a professional caregiver, I'm here. I have time. How can I help you? It would be my pleasure to help you. Those could be some of the most comforting and most important things that they might hear from anybody during their entire stay. Yeah, that, that really does seem powerful. Um, it, it feels like if we're always so busy um, that we're, and you know, end up projecting our busyness onto the patients, uh, I, I can't imagine it does anything but give them more concern that their, their needs aren't gonna be taken care of. Um, but if we do learn to stop and say, I'm here, I have time, I, gosh, I, I think that would be, you know, provide such a great comfort. It does. I mean, I, I think of my own trials, you know, I, uh, and, and I, I remember how much it has meant to me to hear or even just feel from people, hey, I'm here for you. I just feel like that's what our customers need to know about us. We are here to help them. We, they don't need to know how busy we are. They need to know that we are aware of them. We care about them. We are here for them and we have time to help them. I, I mean, I, I love that. The the more I, I think about it, I, I feel like that's something I need to change with my relationships with all, all of the people that I have relationships right. with. Them I need life. you to be there for me more, yeah. Ryan. Well, thank you, Clay. I will, I, will be, I will be. Uh, any, other, any other tips you can share with us? Yeah. I, you know, I, one, of the, one that comes to mind comes from one of my favorite movies. I, I think it's called Life is Beautiful. It, it's been a while since I saw it, a, a, a foreign language film. In this movie, there is a father, and he and his son experience the tragedy of a, of a Nazi uh, prison camp together. Now, obviously, I can't even imagine what, what that would be like, the, the, the horrible experience that that would have been. But this father has this crazy goal to protect his son by helping him with the perception of the event. At times, the son even thinks that he's in a game. He's not quite sure what's going on because the father is managing the perspective so well. Even though that wasn't the reality of the situation, the father sacrificed everything to help the son feel more at ease in one of the most horrific situations that that we could possibly imagine. He helped the son believe in an impossible situation that, that life is beautiful. Just, 
just remembering that story, and, and hopefully it is to, to those of our listeners who have seen this movie, just remembering that story is so moving to me. It, it makes me think of what family members are going through as their loved ones are in our care. The patients, we have to remember, the residents and patients, they're not the only ones struggling. In, in some cases, there's not a whole lot of positive things to latch on to. Just as you can imagine, there weren't a whole lot of positive things to latch on to in a, in a, in a Nazi uh, prison camp. And I'm not saying that we should lie to our patients and their loved ones and act like they're not sick when they are. Let, let me be absolutely clear. I am not saying that one bit. But we need to remember that there are positives all around us and we can be better at seeing them and pointing them out. Essentially, we have to be better at, at counting our blessings and, and sharing those with our patients, with our customers, with their family members. Let, let, me, let me give you an example. Let's say you're working with a patient or a resident that is uh, uh, suffering a lot. It's have, they're having a hard time getting through the pain. And things continue to be bad as, as you're trying to find ways to better their situation. But there's clearly a lot of suffering. And a family member is obviously going to be concerned with this. But let's say in this same case, you've just taken the, the patient's vitals or the attending nurse has taken the patient's vitals. And the vitals are strong. Think about how you can turn that. As a caregiver, you might, might be able to say to them, look... I, I want you to know I, I've checked all of his or her vitals and, and they all look very strong. Really, he's doing very well with all that he has gone through. That's a positive outlook. That, that might be some good news to hold on to. Remember, remember, we've got to learn to look for these opportunities to reassure our patients and their loved ones because hope is an incredibly powerful tool. With all the bad things that are going on, we're going to be honest with those things but latch onto the good and make sure that they're aware of the good because they need that hope in this trying time. No, that's, that's true. And you're, you're not being dishonest. You're really just finding, you know, some positives to focus on and, and help alleviate, you know, alleviate them during the experience. Yeah. Um, you know, some, sometimes I hear employees, um, you know, speaking to some of the patients uh, negatively um, about, you know, some of their other employees at work or yeah. the, you know, facility that they're, that they're working at. Um, you know, when they get frustrated, is, is that is that something you, you can talk about? Yeah, and, and, and I understand that because, look, no employer and, and no co-worker is perfect. Um, it, it's common and natural to have some frustrations with an employer, with a co-worker, with, with your partners. But sometimes we get lazy and we express this frustration with our patients and their loved ones, almost in an attempt to help them know that we're doing all that we can, mm -hmm. but almost like we're victims. We have so much working against us. And if everybody else were just like me, everything would be, be okay. And I feel like that's selfish. And I feel like it's... Um, I. I I, I, I just I feel like it's it's not only selfish towards our coworkers and our employers. I, th I, I think it's selfish towards the patients and their family members because we're giving them uh, a discomfort in, in the training portal in the Ensign Services training portal. There's a um, there's a training called WWMD. What would Mickey do? And it's uh, it's the concept when you work at Disney, as soon as you go above ground, you are on stage and it doesn't matter 
what challenges you're having with your boyfriend or girlfriend or what problems are going on at home or what health issues you have. You would never hear Mickey talking about any of those things. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Right? Mickey, Mickey is there for the patron. Mickey right. is there for the customer. They are on stage to be Mickey and to be happy and to help them to know that things are going to be okay and that there is hope. And we need to be the same way. When, when, we, when we clock in and we put on that name tag and we step on that floor, we are on stage. We are there for our customer. And while it might feel like it helps us to vent to our customers about some of the struggles and challenges that we're having, it doesn't comfort them. So we're being selfish. We're, we're, we're excusing ourselves for any shortcomings that we may have when in reality, imagine if we change that. So, so again, let's confront the brutal fact. Your coworkers are not perfect. Your employer is not perfect. Got it. Everybody deals with that. But imagine if we changed our language in this situation. What if we said to that patient, I got to tell you, I know, I know you're going through a lot, but you're very lucky that you're in one of the best places for care that there is. This is a great place to be. Can you imagine how comforting that would be for a patient to hear? In fact, even to share, do you know that this facility is a, is a flag-flying facility? Do you know that this facility or this home health recently received one of the best surveys in this county? Are you aware that the uh, uh, customer feedback for this, you are so lucky to, to, to be in this care. That's comforting. That's comforting yeah, for a patient. That's comforting, comforting for a family member. They need to know that. This is a chance to brag about your coworkers and, and, and your employer. In fact, here, here's another great thing that you could try in, in talking about your coworkers. Imagine saying... Um, you know, you've just said, hey, you're, you're very lucky to be in this place for care. What if you also said, by the way, the next nurse that's getting ready to take over this shift is an amazing nurse, one of our best. You're so lucky to be able to, 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 be able to have this nurse. Look, imagine what that does for, for so many people. Imagine what that does for the nurse right. to hear that. It, it helps to just change our language, to watch the things we say. Make sure that your, your residents, your patients, that, that they know that they are not, that they're not a burden to us, that it's a pleasure for us. Say, using phrases like, we're so happy we get to take care of you here. Right. Could you imagine just saying a simple phrase like that? We're, uh, we're so, I'm so glad. I, I, I'm sorry that you're sick, and I'm sorry that you're in a facility, but I'm so glad that you're in this facility because we're lucky that we get to take care of you. Think of what that does for the patient. They feel like a burden, and you're now starting to make them feel like a, like a privilege. And, and they, they're comfortable with the facility they're in. You've, you've talked about your facility's awards or, or acknowledgments or just, just so comforting to, to know those things. It, it's, uh, you know, you could even explain what it means to be a flag flyer. Did you know that this operation has flown the flag, you know, this many years or we're flying the flag currently and this is how you have to earn it? And it's a, it's a great chance to be able to, to boast of these things and, and share these with your, with your patients, and, it, and it's so comforting to them. You could even say, have you, have you seen some of the moments of truth that are out here on the wall? I, I, should, I should bring some in and show them to you. It's such neat things that have happened. And then teach them, hey, will you help us put new <laughs> stories up there? Yeah. Just think of what that language does. Um, 
I'll just I'll just conclude with this. I, any chance you get to praise the operation, your employer, your coworkers, all of it comforts them. It comforts their family members, and it helps them to feel that that things are going to be okay. To to just bicker or complain or malign the organization or your coworkers, it, it's selfish, and it and it and it causes them just just great concern. But we want to make them feel at ease. That's really our job. Oh, that's, that's great, Clay. I, I love that. You know, b- before we go, um, can you give us whatever final words of wisdom that you can to help us be better caregivers or comforting caregivers? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's just a few more things. And, and hopefully some of those things have resonated with you and you're thinking, boy, I want to try and use that in my language more. Remember that it's the unknown that is often so nerve wracking for our patients. We want them to feel more comfortable so we can help alleviate their fear of the unknown. And we do that by communicating better. Imagine, you know, sometimes you have shift change and you're getting ready to to finish your job and, and you just sort of disappear. And then the next person on the shift shows up. But what if we got into the habit of saying, hey, I'm done in about 30 minutes. So if there's anything I can do for you before I go, let me know. Right now, now the patient or the resident knows, oh, okay, so I have them for 30 more minutes, then I can expect a change. And, and, and by the way, take, take what I was talking about before. What if, what if you added something like, and by the way, in, in 30 minutes, Joe's going to be taking over and he's amazing. You are really going to like Joe. Can you, can you imagine, think, think of all the things that that accomplishes. First of all, you're comforting the patient. You're helping them to know what's going on. Second, imagine what that does to Joe. What if Joe hears from the patient, hey, the, your predecessor said you're quite the caregiver. Yeah. Joe now wants to live up to that reputation. Joe is trying, you are, you are improving employee morale just by saying kind things to the residents and, and, and you're, you're helping lift Joe. Joe now wants to live up to that height, right? Mm-hmm. I was told you're the best of the best. I, I, I just, I can't imagine um, what that would do, praising Joe, what that would do for, our, for the customer, what it does for Joe, what it does for the organization, and, and frankly, what it does for you. The, you win, the patient wins, your coworkers win, the organization wins. I guess I've counted that right. It's a win, 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 win. I thought it's exactly That's right. A quadruple I was see win. If you got the right wins right. You did. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, 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 you know, there's obviously so many other little things that are a big deal. Uh, I, I always make sure that that we make sure that the patient's modesty and dignity is our concern, and that they, and that they know we're concerned about it. Um, you know. When you're when you're bathing one of them or taking care of the, one of them, you might be concerned about their modesty. But do they know that it would help if you would say, hey, I'm going to shut this door out here to make sure nobody else sees this. I want to make sure you know that your privacy is important to me. This provides comfort. We, we should remember that our residents and, and patients, they feel a loss of home and, and frankly, sanctuary. And we really need to learn to be invited into their home so when we knock that knock shouldn't just be a formality we when we come in we don't just assume we're in our place we're in their place and and we need to make sure we introduce ourselves to them personalize ourselves we need to help make our patients feel normal i 
I, I could go on and on, but I, I think you get it. We need to treat people like people. This is their life. They're at a tough time in their life, and we need to find a way to be a blessing in it, to be a moment of truth. That needs to be our mission. This needs to be why we're in the industry, to be a moment of truth for these people. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.